When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Peter Crouch. This game don't love you, bro. <laughs> Andy Carroll. This game don't love you, bro. Andy Carroll has a four-month ankle injury. Why are we linked with you? Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast, episode 83. My name is Daniel Taluk. I am Double H, a.k.a. The Kid, a.k.a. The Blue Bikini, a.k.a. The Sexy Guy, a.k.a. Trying to Live, Trying to Stay Alive. Uh, my name is Karl Anker, and I'm really confused as to what the Blue Bikin means. The Blue Bikin. Blue Bikin. Blue Bikin. What's the Bikin? It's um, a Nigerian term for boy. Oh. So you're the blue one? Blue boy. Blue boy. Blue Bikin. Blue boy. Yoruba. Why? why? So, what? Because blue is has is a, is one of my favorite colors, and Pekin because I'm trying to be real, stay real. It's the name of my new new company. More to oh, follow yeah. in 2022. Well, congratulations <laughs> on your new company. Thank you. And, uh, now we know how folks' favorite color is blue. Yeah. Well, it's actually purple and pink now. So. <laughs> and 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 we learned some pigeon. I'm assuming. So that's yep. always good. Uh, yeah. We do this every Tuesday, guys. If you don't already, follow us on SoundCloud. Um, that would be great if you listen on SoundCloud. You can follow or subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast app. You can leave reviews there that are five stars. Um, nobody's left us one in a couple of weeks, so if that's your thing, if you like leaving reviews, leave us one and we'll read it if it's five stars only. Please follow us on Twitter just in case you know SoundCloud disappears or Apple decides that we're not good enough, which would be outrageous. Very harsh. But uh, yeah, you can keep up to date with our stuff on Twitter, Facebook as well. Like us on Facebook. Carl runs that, so maybe he can explain how to do it when I'm finished talking. And uh, we're on Instagram as well. You don't really have to follow, but it's there if you if you want to. You can follow me at Daniel's Look. Carl, where can the people find you? You can find me at Anchorman Six One Six. Have hope. What are you up to? You can f- you can um find me at half hope hot and you can also find me on the youtube channel and you can find me in a dark alley with a baseball bat whoa whoa <laughs> that's not nice whoa. you you guys have baseball bats not cricket bats you can buy both we just like buying baseball bats for defense 
Interesting. There's nowhere else to start this week than, uh, you know what? Firstly, I want to thank God because <laughs> this, this deal could have happened tomorrow. It could have happened on Wednesday, but it happened on Monday. So we get to talk about it. So I'm, I'm keeping a list of all the things that happened on Tuesday. So our first episode that we did this year was the Rudy rule happened on Tuesday. And then last week, Ronaldinho retired on Tuesday. So we didn't get to talk about either of those two things in a timely oh. manner. So at least the Alexis Sanchez to Manchester United, Henrik Mkhitaryan swap deal to Arsenal happened on Monday. So we get to talk about this in real time. So I woke up. I took a nap. I haven't really had time really to process this or process if I want to stick true to my Canadian roots. What do you guys think about this? Like, Carl, I guess we should start with you. You're a United fan. Like, you happy Mkhitaryan's gone or... Are you just more excited about, you know, the prospect of Alexis, Rashford, Lukaku, um, Martial, whomever? I'm happy for everyone. This is the swap deal where everyone should win. So Mourinho gets his attacking alpha male, macho, can do anything, grab the game by stuff, scruff the neck player. Wenger gets uh, incredibly talented, passing, dribbling, really, really intelligent player to go with his system. Alexis is in a team now where he's being paid a lot of money and he's also going to be around quote-unquote winners. And Mkhitaryan's going to be at a side where he's going to get the arm around the shoulder that he obviously needs to do to play football. I don't really see anyone losing out of this. I think you know Mkhitaryan will, do, will be a very, very good player under Wenger because Wenger's the sort of father-like figure that a player that needs positive reinforcement like Mkhitaryan will play well under. Alexis will do very well playing with some of Manchester United's personnel. I, th- I think this could be particularly very, very good for some of Manchester United's younger players as well. I think when a player of that type comes in and starts training with you, you start to realise how hard you have to work in training sessions. There are reports that uh, Sanchez can be slightly whingy or he can be a bit more he can be closed off Manchester might be better for him I think uh, the sheer prospect of watching him press an opponent in training could possibly make Martial or Rashford go whoa that's what I have to do to get better which could be potentially very very interesting as well Um, I see no downside here I like I like Mkhitaryan as a footballer I like Alexis Sanchez as a footballer I like Wenger as a manager my feelings towards Mourinho have been like well known and I think everyone has got something they'd much rather prefer out of this deal. Uh, and I get, you know, Atom and Humber, the two best dogs in the Premier League. So happy days for me. Do Arsenal get any money from this? I just want to just to check. Do they receive any cash? Uh, so while we are very happy that the deal has gone through, the deal got announced at 6pm GMT. And we are recording this at 9 o'clock GMT. Um, so, as I'm currently talking to you, the deal is still in the look at the gifts and the person in the shirt rather than we have confirmation of what how much money Sanchez is mm. earning a week. Uh, I will also say, by the time of recording, Swansea are a goal up against Liverpool. Woo! Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. But it's very important because I, I, I wanted to ask specifically. Um, do Arsenal actually receive any money from this deal or will only know that's by tomorrow or the next few few days? Or do we know for sure that they, that this is purely a swap deal with no cash involved? Daniel, do you want to ask 
Siri right now for us? Siri's not going to know this guy. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 look, okay, look, okay, let me just deal with it. Okay, so putting that to one side, um, if Arsenal can get Ozil at their best and they can get Aubameyang, it's a very good deal for Arsenal. For Man United, it's a very good deal. Now, Sanchez could go to United and flop. He could actually be on the decline there, and everybody is saying he is. He may be too old and so forth. But from what I see and view of Sanchez and the kind of player that I know, this is the player that United need. So I think that Premier League is gone. But let's talk about the Champions League. All I want to do is just talk about the Champions League. That, that's I'm not saying they'll win it, but we can we can have a conversation. We can have a conversation because a front three of Jesse Lingard, Marshall Law, Chez, Lukaku is Siberian, Rashford is a bench player. That's a very good strike force. This is why I stop you right now. Okay. And we have to go to Daniel to find out whether or not Sanchez is cup tied. Wait, for the Champions League or FA Cup? If Sanchez has played in Europa League, he's cup tied. No, he's not. He's not. I'm I mean, like, sure. I am. I'm. Pre- I'm. Ni- I'm. I'm. One hundred percent sure. See, I don't know this either. Yes, Alexis Sanchez will be able to play for Manchester United in the Champions League, according to the Independent. You see, okay, so look, this is from the Independent. Alexis wait a minute, Sanchez. Wait a okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. UEFA operates European club football competitions, primarily the UEFA Champions League and UEFA Europa League. UEFA's regulation state, with a few exceptions, players who play in any European competition are subsequently cup-tied with respect to all European football for the remainder of the season. So Sanchez can't play in the Champions League because he played in Europa League. The main current exception is the UEFA Super Cup, contested by the winners of the previous seasons. Well, there you have it. So he is cup-tied, according to Wikipedia. So Wikipedia. <laughs> Wait, on, this is this is UEFA.com. Okay. Alexandros has left UEFA Europa League contenders Arsenal to join UEFA Champions League challengers Manchester United on a four and a half year contract. Does that mean he's ineligible for the rest of this season's competition? No. Since he has not played in the UEFA Champions League this season, Sanchez can be registered for the for the knockout rounds. Ah, well there you have it. Interesting. Sanchez- and, and and this is from UEFA.com. Sanchez can play in the Champions League. So, so basically, so here are the relevant extras from the competition re- re- regulations. For all matches from the start of the round of 16, a club may register a maximum of three new eligible players for the remaining matches in the current competition. So, How is he still eligible if he's played Europa League? Or has he not played Europa League? Because Wenger was always playing the kids. So maybe he yes. never played in the Europa League. Aha, here we go. One player from the above quarter of three who has been fielded in a UEFA club competition group stage match for another club in the current season may exceptionally be registered, provided that the player has not been fielded A, in the same competition for another club, or B, for another club that is currently in the same competition. Ah, so Arsenal aren't in the Champions, the Champions League. League. They're and in the Europe. He, he has played once in Europe this year and scored a goal. So yeah, he's the one exception. Yeah. Which go. is interesting. So he will be available for Manchester United against who you guys are you guys playing Porto? Who you guys Sevilla. Playing? Sevilla. Sevilla. Okay. So it's a good deal all round. I guess you it's could a, say it's except, a good deal, man. It's a good deal. Except except if you're an Arsenal fan. <laughs> Wait, no. 
don't like, know. I feel as if no, no, no. Someone made a very good. Okay, so I'll go. Arsenal fans love Alexis Sanchez to death, and you're replacing him with like a reject from Manchester United. Like, uh, not so fast. Not so fast. If you're if you're short sighted, yes. But if you go into detail, Man United system did not fit Mkhitaryan. Arsenal's system is very similar to Thomas Tuchel's system with Dortmund when Mkhitaryan had his best ever season. So it is far more likely Mkhitaryan will flourish under Wenger and in the Arsenal system than he would have under Mourinho and in Man United's system. And remember, which is a, a, a point that my fr- a, a friend of mine ma- made to me, a swap works better than just cash because if they had just received cash, how do you know that you would have used that cash to get a, a right player in this January window? It's it's why I think when Arsenal were considering selling Sanchez to Manchester City in the summer, they wanted Sterling in return because there wasn't going to be enough time to to find a, a good player um, with the money that they had. So I think that's that's probably been Arsenal's idea of what to do with Sanchez if we can get a good player for him then we'll we'll do a deal my my question is how does this affect Mesut Ozil does this encourage him to sign a new deal is he going to end up in Manchester United in the summer I'm curious to see what happens with that situation it it depends on how they finish the season where does Mkhitaryan play attacking right wing so he's on the right you have Lacazette, yep. you have Ozil, in this, in, well, they don't really play a 10 with the 3-4-3 anymore, do they? It, de- it depends on what, if if they want to play three at the back, then having Mkhitaryan and Ozil as your middle two with Lacazette at the tip of the spear is very beneficial. If you want to do play four at the back and play a 4-2-3-1, I would look to see what you could do with Granite Xhaka as your holding defensive midfielder and then possibly having Mkhitaryan behind him, next to him. So you have Mkhitaryan and Xhaka as your double pivot. Whoa, wouldn't when you play Xhaka and Wilshire in, in the middle two and then Ozil as your 10 and then you can have like a Wobi or Welbeck on one side, Mkhitaryan on the other with Lacazette up top. And if you get Aubameyang, if they buy Aubameyang, as the rumors suggest that they're looking at, Wenger's not going to play two strikers. Nope. So you're going to buy Aubameyang and play him on the wing? No, you're going to play Aubameyang. You're going to drop Lacazette. What? Mm-hmm. I, think it's, yep. I think it's become... I think it's painfully obvious that Arsene Wenger doesn't like or doesn't fancy Lacazette as his number nah. one striker. He's dropped Lacazette for a number of big games. Yep. And he frequently substitutes him at the 60th or 70th minute. Uh, this is your record signing. He's 50-something million. And he can't get a starting game against Liverpool or another top six opposition. It's not ridiculous to say Wenger doesn't wholly trust Lacazette, much in the same way that you can talk about how Conte doesn't wholly trust Bashoi. I don't think it's that bad, Carl. It's not that bad. It's not that bad because Wenger is a a nicer man than... I'd say Wenger is a more uh, forgiving man than Antonio Conte. But yeah, I think it's it's. I think it'd be very hard to argue that Arsene Wenger completely trusts Lacazette. From Football FC fourteen, will Mkhitaryan be a success or a flop? And who is the better forward between Aubameyang and Alexis? Those are two very different questions. Will Mkhitaryan be a flop? I don't think so. I think Mkhitaryan is a superb player. I think 
Like when Mikitarian was on for Manchester United, some a particular thing stuck out. One, he is one of the best dribblers in the league. Uh he has a skill that is very, very hard to learn and something you don't really pick up on unless you've been practicing since a kid. When he's dribbling with the ball, he knocks the ball forward at just the right amount of strength. So when he gets to the ball again with his foot, he's at full pace. So he doesn't have to slow down whatsoever when he's running with the ball, which is a skill that maybe if you look at players that can do it, that's like Eden, in the Premier League, Eden Hazard, Mkhitaryan. Mm, I think there's one guy at West Ham who's a pretty good dribbler. Um, the, the the left back? Masuaku? Uh, yeah, I think though, though they're, they stand up with having that incredibly hard, very good dribbling ability. Excuse me. Wilfred Zaha also has superb dribbling ability. Uh, something I really, really like about Mkhitaryan. Uh, he was our top scorer. In the, he was our Manchester United's top scorer in the Europa League last season. Um, he's very good at one-on-ones. Um, so when you're on a one-on-one, there are certain ways you finish a one-on-one. So there's the Omri technique where you open your body out and you try and curl it around the goalkeeper. Uh, there's the um, uh, Eduardo technique where you're going to try and hit the ball with uh, like toe poke it and try and hit it at a very sharp angle. There's the Harry Kane version where I'm going to strike it hard, low to any corners with loads of top spin. And then There's you the have the Torres version where you just go around the goalkeeper because you can't make up your mind. Yep, the Torres <laughs> version, which was, you know, that was originally brought to prominence by the original Ronaldo. Uh, mm. And then there's what Mikatarian does, which reminds me a lot of how Batistuta used to do it, where he just goes, I'm going to shoot it through you. <laughs> so uh, Mikatarian is very good at, during a one-on-run, the moment the goalkeeper looks to make himself big and do like the bear technique, uh, Mkhitaryan's got a very good ability to shoot it through like the gap just above the goalkeeper's head and through the through the goalkeeper's arms when they're like waving really really wide uh, and he does that he does that very very well it's not quite a chip because he hits it with such power but it's very pleasing to watch I think he's his array of passing is fantastic so Arsenal have a very good player essentially Arsenal have a very very good player in their hands but I will say the thing about Mkhitaryan is he needs to be loved mm. Uh, and I've said this before in this podcast, he very much needs to be loved. He needs an arm around the shoulder. He needs someone to hug him and say he's very, very good. Uh, I tweeted this last season, and I tweeted again at the start of this season, that Mourinho is going to ruin Mkhitaryan. Because if Jurgen Klopp's saying, I couldn't give Mkhitaryan enough love, what on earth is uh, Mourinho going to do to that boy? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm really happy for this, though, because also I really like, I really like it when football players are in nice environments for them. I, I, it's not. It doesn't please me if a player who likes to be hugged is playing underneath the manager who doesn't like hugging people. Uh, who's the better between Aubameyang and Alexis? Basically, Sanchez has more in his repertoire. Aubameyang is a better finisher. There, there, there you go. Sanchez has more to his attacking is game. He? No, Aubameyang is a better finisher. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is. Just- I think it, it was you that pointed out, Daniel, that Oba his conversion rate was quite poor in his early phases with Dortmund. And then basically the coach went, you do know you can chip the goalkeeper, right? And then that's when Oba went from scoring 10 to 15 goals a season to possibly scoring 20, 30 a season. Oba is the real deal. He, he's Although there is the accus, you know, there is the question mark over how... Uh, Dedicated he's going to be to Arsenal? I was going to say how much of his game is prevalent on his pace. So... No. 
think if anyone anyone listening to this podcast plays FIFA, he's either the fastest player in the game or the top three fastest players in the game. I think I legally have to define him as mercurial. I remember I, I you know, in a past life when I was, a, you know, writing about uh, FIFA games from year to year, Oba was one of the players listed as a problem player for FIFA 15. So when they made FIFA 15, they made some tweaks to the game to make it XYZ, XYZ. Uh, and a big problem they had was um, in FIFA 15, if you were fast, that was it. You were the best. Speed kills. Uh, because they hadn't quite coded in quite enough defensive animations. So very famously, defenders couldn't deal with the ball if it was at shin height or in midair, which meant if you wanted to score a goal very quickly, chip through ball, it bounced two or three times. And if you had someone like Oba, Oba would just like latch onto the ball, grab it and score. Uh, and that's like the video game version of Oba. And that's like when Oba is at his best is when he's running onto a through ball against a defense that is trying to play a high line and he's one-on-one a goalkeeper and he now he knows how to chip the ball. It'll be interesting to see if he does go to Arsenal, what he's going to do and where he plays against more teams that operate a low block. So if you're Oba and you're going to play West Bromwich Albion, <laughs> no, actually, West Bromwich Albion is not a good example now because they have Pardew. You're going to play against Sam Allardyce's Everton. All right, low block. Keen, Ashley Williams, if you get on one-on-one with Oba, he's going to murder you. So don't you dare stray past your penalty area what happens then he's very good in the air as well um and these these talks about his attitude problems i'm slightly reluctant for that because you know if you're oba your viewpoint is i've given dortmund everything the best yeah I've, everything i've given the best four years of my life mm. i have scored untold amounts of goals and i like I've, I've i've been pretty clear in the fact that i wanted to go to real madrid right and we know he wanted to leave in the summer. We know he went. You know, he you looked like he was going to go for to PSG for seventy five million when seventy five million seemed like a big deal for a striker, and then the deal fell through and PSG went and got Mbappe on loan. So you're Oba. You've spent four years with Dortmund. You've been playing under some interesting managers, and the only thing you've got for your time at Dortmund is the German Cup. Yeah, maybe I don't want to go to a team meeting once in a while. His record is incredible. At Dortmund, guys. Oh. Like his 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 first season, he scored sixteen and forty eight. So that's not that great. But then yeah. twenty five and forty six, thirty nine and forty nine. Wow. Forty goals in forty six. Ah. This season and this season he has twenty one goals and twenty three appearances. That's according, him not trying. <laughs> according to the Wikipedia, once more. So yeah, I, I I do have question marks about like how how does he play against compact defenses if you're never going to get the space in behind because, you know, you, we know how teams play against Arsenal. I think we know how teams are supposed to play against Arsenal. Like if you're, like, the blueprint to how to beat Arsenal was there. Bully them a little bit, dominate your set pieces, make sure you switch on on your set pieces, and then hit them on the counter-attack. And I think what happened in the Crystal Palace game on the weekend was Palace would just completely forgot, what, like, the game plan as to how to play Arsenal. Right, there is a tried and tested game plan that Fergie perfected years ago that has filtered down to everyone from Bournemouth to Swansea to West Bromwich Albion. Like this is how you stop Arsenal from playing. You guys didn't it, get to watch that game in real time. I, I, I was watching the game in real time because I, you know, I have access to it. It seemed as if they could have scored ten. <laughs> like in in the first half, every move was dangerous. 
every like Crystal Palace were just all over the place. Like the fact Arsenal only scored four is kind of a disgrace. They were they were they were really good, but Crystal Palace was like equally as bad. <laughs> that is that is the exact sort of response Arsenal was supposed to have when they seem like they're on the rocks. And it's one of those things where every now and again Meza Ozo has one of those games where he goes, you know what? I'm going to destroy all of you. I'm going to make a mockery of this uh, yeah, his, of the Premier League. His backheel pass for Lacazette's goal was amazing. Uh, have he, hope. Mason Boris asks, who's getting the better deal? United splashing millions on a 29-year-old who will be free in six months and who's also been a full international since 2006 or Arsenal getting two quality players for the price of one? <laughs> so basically, this guy has framed the question in a way <laughs> yeah, in which he wants me to say Arsenal got the better deal. <laughs> What um no um who got the better deal? Man United, you because because I was I was just watching um Craig Bolly on ESPN FC like make the point. A million may be a lot for you, but if I've got a billion, a million is not a, a, a lot for me. If you have a thousand in your bank account, a million is a lot for you, way too much. If I've got two billion in in my bank account, a million is not that much for for, for me. So they didn't have a large 100 million, 8 million outlay for Sanchez. It's all going to be done through wages, where in next four years, it may now go up to a few hundred million. But that's not as much as Barcelona paying, continue, paying um, Liverpool 140 million plus continuous wages, which is the point that Craig Bolly was making. Sanchez is a quality player. He, show, he has already shown that he can play amazing in the Premier League. He knows how to play in the Premier League. He's an impact player. And with regards to Mourinho, he's a finished article. Mourinho is crap with the youngsters. He's good with finished articles. So the very fact that you got a player like a Sanchez, who you know can be amazing in the Premier League, without paying a large transfer fee, is all through wages, which you, we know you can afford based on how good your finances are. It's a great deal. It's a good deal for Arsenal as well, but it's a better deal for Man United. Mm. Packed Mouse asked, were City right not to overpay and engage in a bidding war for Sanchez. Having previously had a gentleman's agreement, his agent informed City of United's interest in weight and increased wages they were unwilling to pay, which is when City walked away. So were City right not to get Sanchez? I think it might go back to what, you know, when we had Paul on before. He was like, this could be the thing that destroys City. <laughs> because who, who knows what Sanchez going into Pep system does to that whole system. That's been working quite well, other than, you know, the one mistake against Liverpool and uh, I think the cup game against Wolves where they had to beat them on penalties. Like, everything else has been working relatively well. So maybe if Sanchez goes in there, he destroys the thing from the inside like a Trojan horse. So I, I think City were right to kind of back away. Yeah, no, no. Um, City don't need Sanchez. And the worst thing to do is when you have a team and a system that's working, the mistake you make is trying to assume that an amazing player can come in and make you even better. It may actually make you worse. So it was a, it was a, a good idea for City not to get Sanchez. Um, what are the, why aren't more clubs in for Aubameyang from Ardentes? <laughs> Apologies, man. Uh, why aren't more clubs in for Aubameyang? I think it might go back to what Carl said. I don't, I don't know if people trust him in old age. You don't want to give Aubameyang is how old. How old is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? Here's what I found on the web for how old is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. <laughs> uh, he's 28, and he's going to turn 29 this summer. So do you want to give a 29-year-old a four-year contract when his game is predicated on pace? 
I don't know. Is it though? I think it is. But- an element to his game is pace, but he's also a very smart player in the box. He's a very good finisher. He has developed his game. He's evolved his game where, like, three, four years ago, he he needed a pace. He literally relied so much on his pace. And I said, look, this, this guy is just a, a, a quick, fast, whatever. But now, though, he's just a very good, good finisher where put the ball into the box. He knows where to stand. He knows what to stand between himself and the defender. And he knows how to finish. So I think... His finishing is of such a level that one-on-ones, tap-ins, finishing a counter, he can do so. We we talk a lot about his finishing and how he can put away stuff. And I think your answer to why aren't more clubs into it is because we spent the last two or three seasons talking about how we need more from a striker than just putting the ball in the back of the net. We need the ability to create, to hold up the ball. I think if you're talking to... Chelsea right now, Chelsea's problem is they've got one striker in Morata who can put the ball away in a decent way. And you've got one striker in Bashuai who can pass a lot, but you can't hold the ball up. Like We need more from a striker who's going to cost you 50 million plus and is going to be the tip of your spear. You want a guy. Like, if, you want, if you want to build a striker from the ground up for a top six club, you end up with someone that either looks like Harry Kane or looks like Firmino. Like oh, someone who can do it. <laughs> or Diego Costa, yeah. You're like, you want, you want, you want a striker who can do a bit of everything, yeah. Uh, which is why I've always found Hope's problems with Benzema very interesting because replacing Benzema with, with Oba has always been the the FIFA slash Football Manager dream thing. But there's several problems with that because Benzema doesn't score enough goals and he doesn't beat three people off the dribble and then slam in the top corner because that's not his job. His job is to is to occupy two centre-backs and create space so Cristiano Ronaldo can do stuff, right? And like, despite, despite, <laughs> That's fine. And despite what you think of uh, Karim Benzema, he's he's in their top 10 for all-time goals. He gets buckets, but he also provides a very valuable job outside the buckets he gets. Uh, and if you look at what's going on with Arsenal right now, Lacazette scores a lot of goals. And he can he can get tight finishes and he can score his head and he, like, a lot of the goals he gets are from six yards out. If you look at what he performed at Lyon, he had a very good goal total. And then you looked at the stats a bit more and you realised, I think something like 10 of the goals that he got last season were from penalties. And you're going, okay. So, and I think the big problem we now have from strikers is if this player is not scoring a goal, if this player isn't scoring goals, what else does this striker offer the team? And if the answer is nothing, then if you're a big club, you're going, "Mm, I can't do that no more. D.D. Duran asks, D.N.D. Duran, uh, Michael Hardy asks, for all the banter about Chelsea's targets, is there a, is there a target or is there a striker you think they should actually target? So, you know, Carl kind of brought up Chelsea's situation. I mean, I, I think you were kind of on point, but not exactly on point with the whole Morata bashiwai thing. Morata is great at hold-up play. He's great at linking with Eden Hazard, Willian, whomever. His movement in and around the box is spectacular. He just he, the, the way he manipulates the space and defenders in order to create lanes for to receive the ball, whether with his head or with his feet. He's great, right? But his problem is his finishing with with his feet, and we've talked about that on previous episodes. So I don't need to go back into that. Bashuai's issue is his movement. He's far too static. Um, his touch is a bit wayward. Like what Conte's asking him to do is foreign and. If you could combine the two somehow, if you could create 
a Maratta movement link-up play with Batshuayi's incredible in-the-box finishing, you would create a world-class striker. You'd basically be creating Diego Costa, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, Conte so that- beefs with Costa and he's paying for it. Carry on. That that would be what I would say. What's what- <laughs> You don't break up by text anyway. But the <laughs> point being, because Conte doesn't trust Bashawai to do the link-up play that Carl was talking about, the you need to be able to do more. Bashawai only has the finishing aspect of his game, really. I think he's 23, 24. Like, maybe he could develop that in time, but right now he doesn't have it. So Chelsea are now looking at, I mean, these names are just, I don't even want to say them, but Andy Carroll, Peter Crouch. Lord in heaven. Ashley Barnes. <laughs> like a- Ashley Barnes. And Arnautovic. Did you hear about Arnautovic? I mean, Ar- Arnautovic is actually okay. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that signing so much. Ashley Barnes, Peter Crouch, Andy Carroll, like <laughs> No no you know no. What? Peter no Peter Crouch was was trolling. That was a lie. That that wasn't real. That wasn't real. I think it was real. Nah, it wasn't I, I real. Th- you know, you, you know, you know what I think. I think Conte doesn't have control over targets, or or he doesn't have control over the specific player that Chelsea. Goes so, so for. is it that woman like but, Maria something, Manny something? Is it the woman? Wait, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. I think he he can ask for like a type of player. So I think he can be like, I I don't really like our striker situation at the moment. I would like a target man with Premier League experience. I think he can say things like that. And then Chelsea's board, the Marina Granov. Granovskia, Granovskaya, however you pronounce it, uh, because Emanolo's gone. This is what I think they do. I think they have like software that they use that like separates players or however you would do it. And I think they just clicked like Premier League and then sort by height. <laughs> and then they're just going through the list. So 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 they so start... much like you would the foot manager. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 you start with Crouch who's six seven. Then you go to Arnautovic, who's 6'4". Then you go to Benteke, who's 6'3". Then you go to just everybody who's above 6'1", basically. Um, and I think Andy Carroll, who's 6'4". I, I think they're just doing that. But in, in the last week, we've been linked with Edin Dzeko from Roma. So maybe that's a Conte target or like a I mean, one that they're actually going to go for. But, man, Chelsea striker situation is weird. If I can refer to the question once more. Is there a striker you think they should actually target? Eden Hazard doesn't seem to think so. Eden Hazard is like, he likes playing with Marathi, he likes playing with Bashuai, and if you need a third striker, I'm your third striker. So I agree with I agree with Hazard to a point. I don't know if a third striker is necessary, but if Conte seems to think he needs a target, man, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be so against Jekyll. I think Jekyll's one of the great missed out opportunities for Premier League strikers. And he didn't get a fair shake at Manchester City. And I think if you look at what Dzeko did in that Roma 3, Chelsea 3 draw, that's what he can do. And I think uh, this discussion about Chelsea needing a target man is interesting because it takes a while to go, wait, why do you need one? Uh, and then you realise, well, I think what Conte is trying to do is he wants a target man to, he can occupy. So the target man occupies the two centre-backs, which will then allow... And Hazard and your other person, be it William or Pedro, to essentially peel off and start menacing fullbacks more. Um, I don't think this Eden Hazard as a false nine thing is going to work anymore. And I was never really sold on it 
I don't mm. think it's a particularly good use of Eden Hazard skills. I think Hazard is a lot better cutting inside and running at people rather than being the nebulous attacking point of a Chelsea yeah. football side. Um, and I think they do need someone. I think if you can get Dzeko, I mean, Dzeko's cup tied, so that's difficult. I don't think any other, I don't think you don't, definitely don't be going for Ashley Barnes. Definitely don't go for <laughs> Definitely don't go for Peter Crouch. I think if you could have got Lorente, Lorente would have been a good deal. Maybe. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I think I think swapping Lorente for Missy Pashua could be a good deal. Whoa, whoa, Lorente, Lorente. Actually, actually, guys, my my only thing with this, with the Jekyll deal in particular, is part of it seems contingent that Bashuai goes on loan to Roma now. As Carl said, Dzeko's cup tied. I don't know how that works, but it's not like Chelsea are going to beat Barcelona over two legs, so I don't know if that really matters. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, and also, uh, quickly, off topic, I saw Kalanka with a prince that's losing his hair with the bald patch. I don't know what you're talking about. I saw you with a prince who's losing his hair and has, has a, a bald patch. We'll get into that during the recommended reads. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, That's why Dzeko, yes. Chelsea okay, are not going to beat Barcelona. They should use the forfeit rule. I got it. Um, I would prefer if we kept three strikers, though, because that would actually give Conte the license to play two strikers up top and then play Hazard like in a free roll behind them. But he can't play two strikers now because there's only two recognized strikers in the squad. We're, we're never going to be able to see Morata Bashuai because Conte's like, I can't risk both of my strikers at once. So it's always going to be Morata, Hazard, Bashuai Hazard or Bashuai playing by himself in cup games. So if you do get Dzeko, keep Bashuai and keep him as the third striker. And then, or you could play, you know, Dzeko as a lone striker in cup games and play Bashuai and Morata together because it seems as if they need each other. One can't finish and one can't link, and one can link and one can finish. Put them together and see what happens. But I yeah, like how the that. mantle of playing two strikers up top has gone from half hope to you. <laughs> Only in this situation. <laughs> look, that's look. It has been brought back. I'm sick. Oh, actually, no, no. But very quickly, I'm sick and tired of oh, the whole lone striker thing. But I will say this: someone just gave me an idea of a new formation I need to use for my football manager team. I'm thinking of employing a four-five-one, three midfielders, two wide. Basically, I'm just thinking about my football manager tactic to use, apart from my four-three-three or four-four-two. At Football God 26 asks, out of 10, how biased is Double H? <laughs> Depends on what he's being biased on or against. Just in general, I'd give you like a 7. 7? Come on. 6 or 7. So, so wait, is, is 0 not biased and 10 being biased or is 5 yes, being average? Yes. Or is five, 5 average? 0 is not biased. 10 is very biased. I'm putting you somewhere around six, seven. Yeah, hey, based on what? Just Cristiano, like that's worth yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. And your <laughs> and the fact you can't, you rarely go an episode without bringing up Robin. Speaking of which, <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is this, man: don't sleep on Robin because I think that Robin might be saving himself for the Champions League. And I do think that if Robin can reignite that fire for for one last time, because I think he's getting too old. I think this may be his last year. If he can just reignite that fire for this season in the Champions League with how Muller and Lewandowski are playing, don't sleep on Bam. So yeah, Robin, my boy, he could do something. Don't sleep. You brought up a good point. Speaking of someone who's like at the right time, 
you guys notice what's happening with Muller? It's a it's a World Cup year and he's heating up. Ooh, he's... guys, Germany. No, 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 please, please, I beg, I beg, please, please, I beg it, please, please. Let me just say this very quickly, very quickly. I'm, I'm very sorry, just very quickly. Um, facts. Save this tweet. <laughs> Germany are not winning the World Cup because they are they are too good. Um, they have too many good players, young and old. Timo Werner, Goretzka, Muller is playing well. You've got Ozil. You've got Leroy Sané, who just did a ridiculous dribble. On They have too many good, good, good players. Too many good players. So I think, literally, arguably, they're the favourites for the competition. And because of that, they'll play against them, so they won't win. So Germany, you can scratch them out from winning the World Cup this summer. Thank you. <laughs> they're so good, they won't win. I don't yep. know if that's ever been an argument before. Um, why didn't Manchester United wear black armbands in memory of Cyril Regis from Safia Outlines? I honestly don't know, and I'm uh, and uh, I'm I'm genuinely disappointed. Also, also, so, so was this? Oh, I thought it was only like a West Brom thing. So everybody in the Premier League did the black armband thing for him. Yeah, there was like a moment of silence, or no, a moment of applause. I think. Oh. Okay. Um, before each Premier League game, and uh, I I noticed that some clubs were. I didn't notice if others weren't. But if he says Manchester United weren't, then so be it. Um, also from Safi Outlines. Um, to be ahead of ninety percent, ninety eight percent of UK media, if you're discussing the silver sacking, hunt down the footage of Nuno being linked to the same job and compare his response to Silva's. It's quite a contrast. And someone else asks Patrick Maduda, "Is Watford FC going to regret sucking Silva?" I think you meant sacking. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Keep up with the great work. <laughs> I think he went, thanks, keep up with the great work. So appreciate it, Patrick. Apparently, did he hear um, Watford's statement? Yeah, it basically said blame Evan. Yeah, weird. Because basically they said that based on Everton's approach, illegal approach of Marco Silva, it affected the psyche of the team. And we believe that if Everton had not approached Silva in that way, um, Watford and Silva would have been able to inspired the team and they would have been able to go on a better run than they did. So basically they are blaming Everton, I mean, which is no, I'm sorry. I, d- I don't agree with that. Why not? The, their form has dropped. Consi- they, they were fourth place in the league before and, Everton. And, 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 and how is Everton to, to, to blame for, for that? And I think Watford, they were, Watford haven't won. They've lost something like 11 of their last 16 yeah, yeah. games. It's, it's, they've lost 8 of their last 11 games. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. Like they've, Their form has fallen off a cliff. If you track back to when Troy Deeney's talking about Arsenal lacking cojones, and now what's happened to us, uh, to what's happened to Watford, he's lost the dressing room. It's sad because I, I would like to think Marco Silva is a good manager. I like, I like what he did at Hull was very, very impressive. What he did at the start of the season at Watford was very impressive. Uh, based on his tenure in uh, Greece as well, he seems to be a very good manager. He seems to have a very good eye for the transfer market. He seems to have a very, very good uh, sense of improving, uh, turning C-grade students into B-grade students. And I think he could possibly become a manager of a, maybe not top six, but I think he would have been a very good Everton manager. So he should have helped he me. I was always a C-grade student, so... <laughs> I, think, I think he would have been an Everton manager. And I think now it's particularly interesting because Everton are in a space where... Fans are already beginning to turn on Big Sam. Ridiculous. Uh, 
but this so this is the problem with hiring big if this is the problem with hiring Sam Allardyce to get you out of a relegation battle that's what he's going to do you're going to make sure you don't get relegated but mm-hmm. that's it and he's already done that it took him three or four what, the first four games Everton won and they climbed from 17th in the league to ninth and that's it like they're not going like Everton aren't going to play amazing free flowing football and if they are Sam Allardyce wise the football boring Sam's going to say well. I've got five number tens. I've only got one. Stri- I've only. Got, I've barely got a striker. I've got this Saint Tuson guy who I've just brought in who needs to adjust to the Premier League. And Theo Walker isn't a striker anymore. Like, <laughs> oh, Theo Walker. <laughs> I ne- next, let me not even talk about Theo Walker because my Theo, I, my Theo Walker slander is long and varied. And they bought boy. they bought Theo Walcott and sold mm-hmm. Aaron Lennon, and I'll bet you nobody there will be able to tell the difference. How many, times, how many times do you think Theo Walker is going to be called Aaron? Theo, like, oh, sorry. You see, that's your see, see that's your half white coming, <laughs> coming, coming to hunt you. No, it's 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 me understanding that Theo Walker is going to be called Aaron Lennon. Racist. <laughs> that's some spicy content. Will Watford? I don't think Watford would regret. I think Watford they've looked for uh, Javi Gracia. Through was that Ruben Kazan and Malaga? I don't know. I'm not particularly au fait with him as a manager, but he seems to fit the profile of what the Pozo family want at Watford, which is a manager who's capable of turning uh, a number of disparate elements and C grade or C plus grade footballers and possibly turn them into B grade footballers so they can be sold on for a profit, which is why I think Marcus Silva will be is a good manager and why I think he'll possibly find somewhere good in a couple of seasons from now. I don't think he's going to be in England for a bit lo- a bit longer. I think he should probably, you know, go back, go to Spain. Go b- oh, that sounded kind of xenophobic. Yeah, I, think... <laughs> I was about to say, go back to, 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 to Portugal. <laughs> uh, 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 sorry, there. I think I think he'd probably do a very good job with a mid-table side in La Liga before he comes back to England. There is a football writer called Rob Brown who once made a really interesting point about Tom Hotspur, which I'm going to paraphrase here for, for Watford Football Club which is essentially no one playing for for Watford Football Club wants to play, grew up wanting to play for Watford Football Club other than Troy Deeney. Like if you're at Watford, you're either there because hopefully you can kick on and get better and then maybe get a deal and go to somewhere like Liverpool or Spurs or Chelsea. Or if you're there, it's because you previously played for a Liverpool or Spurs or Chelsea and it didn't quite work out for you, right? You're, what you're looking for when you're like the chairman and you're looking for a manager, you want a manager that can take all of these disparate parts and all of these elements and all these. I think under the under Maserati and Kiko uh, Flores, they had something like 13, 14, 15 different nationalities on a particular match day, which again, not to sound too xenophobic, means you're, you're combining a lot of cultures, you're combining a, little, a lot of different coaching styles and a lot of very different things to try and go create something that can play. Premier League football, whatever that is supposed to look like. Uh, and you need a skilled manager to pull that off. The only consistent so- thing about Watford is like Aurelio Gomez at this point. I think he'll be there for another 30 years. He loves so- it there. And he seems to be a good guy. Uh, I so think Watford will be fine. I think- We're getting stuck on it, man. Okay, next question. <laughs> you hate talking about not the top six. Nobody- Who cares about Watford, honestly? Whoa! What, what, do you know some Watford people may listen to this podcast? I'm sure it's a so- lovely city, isn't Anthony Joshua from there somewhere yep. or something like that. But he's so, actually Nigerian, really. So. so no disrespect to the heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, I don't want I don't want problems. But you know he's probably an Arsenal fan still. 
Uh, oh, spicy. <laughs> Next question. Well, it's, it's not that I don't want to talk. It's just that there's like four other questions, and I think one of them might. Yeah, be right. So you're just slandering what's what's for the don't don't hide it. <laughs> when when people like Martin Keown come out with statements like "biggest mercenary in world football," do you think they genuinely believe it, or are oh. trying to push a counter narrative to protect clubs? Can answer generally or localized to that statement. So I would assume this is about Alexis. No, it is, it is, it is. Because it's, it's Martin Keown and he's a former Arsenal guy. So biggest mercenary. I don't get this obsession. Let people make their money. Like, why are you so involved in people's pockets? It's a like different it? world. And also, from, from especially from someone like Martin Keown, Keown, in this world, in the future, in the afterlife, you're never getting paid the kind of money people like Sanchez <laughs> and people are getting paid. So that's just a fact. Beyond that, that's all, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is, man. It's just old football. It's just yeah, and, and also like in today's world, it's, it's, it's all these paydays, man. But, but basically, mean... it's the same thing with them um, Pogba as well. Like um, skulls, who, uh, yeah. No, 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 no. It was um, you know, that guy from Sky, Carl Tran, Grim Sunes, Grim Sunes. Do you know this guy is obsessed with Pogba? Every single time Pogba's hairdo, what does this guy do? I'm like, chill. Look, Pogba is just a, he's young, he's exciting, he's probably the most interesting, funny, engaging, flamboyant for footballer that we've seen in a long time. Sorry, he's not a boring, extremely plain kind of footballer that that's, you, you were back in your day. This is this is different, okay? So he's a different guy. So a lot of which is what Daniel was saying. You you sound very old and bitter when you come out with these statements on players of today. Today's world of football is different. Respect it. Like, why can't they just all be like Ian Wright? Just like, just be cool in your old age. Like, always. Like, why are y'all so shitty? Um, it's and, also no, 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 Carl. It's almost as if footballers in the seventies and eighties weren't getting paid way more than the average person. Like, they won. They were Slightly like, more, like five hundred pounds more. a week. That was a lot of money if you like transfer like were, the inflation if you were top rates player, and stuff. If you were a top player in the seventies, you could possibly ask to get forty grand. Or four hundred grand a year, and how and, and how much was the average oh, person in England making in the seventies? I don't know. Are you you five hundred? Wait, oh wait, wait, wait a minute. Let's do an inflation thing. All right, so pound inflation calculator. So four hundred thousand in nineteen seventy is what. No, we're no, doing. no, no. Look, so no, let me forty thousand. Sorry. Now, let let's let's link this back to a previous note. Like Cyril Regis grew up as a like Cyril Regis started off as an electrician, right? So there was a certain pub in the local region where you knew you could find the three degrees and it, they weren't completely closed off. And I, I don't think mercenaries has something to do with money. I think mercenaries has something to do with basically when you decry a player as a mercenary, you're not saying this person is doing it for money. You're saying this person doesn't care about something I care about as much as I care about. And that makes me sad. When Martin Keown saying he's a mercenary, it may sound like Martin Keown's going Sanchez and money grubbing this, but what he's really saying is Alexis Sanchez doesn't love Arsenal in the same way I love Arsenal, and he never did, and that really, really hurts me because Arsenal is my world. Do you want to know how I much think... thirty-five thousand pounds was in nineteen seventy <laughs> in today's money? Tell me, five hundred thousand three hundred, so mm. half a million. So people who make half a million in today's terms back then are shitty. I'm sorry. But I would take half a million pounds right now and not be shitty. All right, uh, Daniel, who was the last big player to leave Chelsea for a bigger club? Iron Robin comes to mind. 
Um, that was a long time ago. When was the last player that gestured, I want to leave? Diego Costa. <laughs> okay, how did you feel when Costa left? What, how, how did you feel when Costa said he wanted to go to China? Go make your money. <laughs> see, uh, see, I'm That's not against good. people getting paper, like, but That's some people fair. are. Plus, that's I find no, but, but, but see, that's, that's that. See, that's the American in you. Specifically, that's the <laughs> black in you. That's the black in you speaking. Most guys don't have your black American mentality. I, most Chelsea fans are like white English guys who would say, "Costa, you're being a mercenary. You're a traitor. So you're a snake, and so so forth." Plus, I find Costa a little bit annoying. So if you're gonna go in China, for, and plus it was gonna be worth, he was gonna be like seventy million to Chelsea, and then wait, you wait, go and make like six hundred thousand a week. No, I, I just show it quickly. Why do why why do they call people snakes? Like, why do they call like Sanchez a snake and Costa a snake? Like, what have snakes ever done to be like a snake is just a snake? So it's a like snake convinced Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. Yeah. And therefore, do do we know this for a fact? <laughs> so have you have you asked every snake that's you? Your forefather did your did, did your forefather do this? No. Until we ask every snake. That did your forefather do this? We don't know that for sure. So I think that it's very specious towards snakes to be called that. And another thing, why are people called rats? Rats just are trying to live and chill around in the sewer. But we say, oh no, you're such a rat. Based on what? Why do we feel that we have to be better? Than... Look, man, I'm just, I've, I've got this whole long animal rants, man. So this is probably for a separate thing. So I, a lot of stuff that just pisses me off, you know. Uh, thanks, right. question. This is from Harrison. Shout out, Harrison. If Bale stays fit, what are Real Madrid's chances of beating PSG and progressing in the Champions League? Love your stuff. Keep it up. 98%. Um, 98? You think it's that certain that Real Madrid will beat PSG? If if if, if no, if Beast Mode is fully fit, 98%. If it's not fully fit, 72%. When was the last time you used the words Beast Mode on the podcast? I bet you there's a bunch of people like, who's Beast Mode? Gareth Bale, for those that don't know. But, but most, most guys that know the half-hop thing, they know who Beast Mode is. I thought I can find was Beast Mode. Uh, it'll be linked with Chelsea in a week. <laughs> <Get them. laughs> no, 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 If not, Sissy, if if he he does that, I'm I'm setting, I'm throwing a a single match into Stamford Bridge. <laughs> One single match. Love it's it. It's symbolic, 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 symbolic. Okay. Um, you're down on PSG progressing. Yeah. You were a big proponent of like the Neymar needs to go. Wait, wait, wait no. Speaking um, of which, did you, did you see Memphis Tennessee's winning goal for Leon against PSG? Oh my goodness! Wow, the, all of the Very goals in that game. Was yeah, superb. wow. Yeah, I personally don't understand how Borussia Dortmund still have Marco Royce. What does he do? The national team moved on; they gave up on him. That's from Patrick Baduda. He's opening up a new hospital. I don't know. I, I I just think he's so good that you hope that it all comes together. Like, yep. just he stays fit, and you're just like, hopefully, one season, two seasons, he can just put everything together, and. Uh, you know, he gives you 20 goals and 20 assists or whatever he's capable of giving you. I'd like to interject. Swansea have just beaten Liverpool 1-0. Oh, Lord. Who's, 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 who's scored for Swansea? Alfie Mawson. Mm. Good result for Spurs. And Chelsea. Should yeah. the Premier League copy the German League in reducing their league size and or getting rid of the Carabao Cup? It would reduce fixture congestion and help them perform and European slash international cups. That's from Gawain69. Thank everybody for their questions. Um, should the Premier League reduce... Okay, so the Bundesliga is 18 teams. They play mm -hmm. 34 games instead of 38. They, they have, have a, a winter win break. They, they have, yeah, I was about to say. They have a winter break, 
and there's only one cup in Germany, whereas there are two cups in England. Would that help? Of course it would, right? Yeah, it was not going to happen. <laughs> of course not, because, you know, you're, you're not going to reduce your league size. No, you're also damaging your product. How, how fun was it to watch all that Christmas football? It's a bit laborious if you really want to watch it all. Oh, it was out of the time of my life. Uh, no, it, was, it was no, it was good, but it's uh, it does have an adverse effect, though. I would, it, of course, it does. But like, Harry Kane's gonna be knackered when the World Cup comes. Raheem Sterling's hamstrings are gonna be. Oh, the, 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 the same Harry Kane who flopped at the Euros. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Oh, carry on. here he goes again. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Ignore me. Ignore what I said. Ignore what I said. Ignore what I said. Ignore what I said. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, this is why you're the I class think... clown, Half Hope. You just no, no, no. That was rude. Calling me the class clown. That was rude. Come on. That was rude. Uh, Michelle Platini once said the England England are like lions in the winter, uh, in the autumn, but they're like lambs in the spring, which basically says we're knackered when it comes to uh, international tournament. Because we're all knackered and tired. Um, Wait a minute! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Carl, 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 pause. Being the class clown is a bad connotation. Yes, but it's, I, it's, I think it's okay. It, if you call me a the, negative connotation for me, call me the class laughter bringer, not the class clown. Class <laughs> laughter bringer. Then laughter bringer. Twitter has a, a a limit. Speaking of Twitter, Carl, you lost your check, man. Shh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Whoa! How come? Because uh, where I work, I'm not allowed to be verified. Damn. See, how do you get verified? I've not. I wouldn't want to get verified, man. Yeah, I've I've took special steps to make sure you will never be verified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Carl, come on, man. We we we've been doing this for too long. Get me verified. Come on, sort out, please. <laughs> it was only about a time before one of us asked you. <clears throat> uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, you, you you had a point. What was the what was the question? <laughs> we were talking about Germany and English competitions. Would things be better if we did that? Yes, but also the Premier League makes too much money and the FA can't do anything to change it. I've spoken before about how I think the Football League especially needs to be shortened. I think the Championship's way too long. Trying to get promoted in the Championship is less about are you the best side and more about do you have enough players to just get through the slog of games you have to go through. Every now and again in the championship season, there is a team that is in play of contention, not because they, they're very good, but just because they have enough bodies or a very, very good team just got hurt. Uh, I think if you look at Leeds last season, Leeds last season were playing some superb football and they looked uh, to be nailed on for the playoffs and then they got hurt and uh, Fulham took their place and then Huddersfield won the playoffs. So what'd you get? Yeah. Shall we go through the weekend switches very quickly like we did last week for some quick conclusions? Uh, Brighton nil, Chelsea four. Hazard. Shout out Bashawai for the back heel. What a great goal! Oh yeah, and goal also of did, the season. Did you see his 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 tweet when he was on the ground? Hazard and chill. <laughs> Hazard and chill. Yeah, he's. I, I like Wishy man. I want him to stay, but like that that whole move was spectacular. Very good game from a Chelsea perspective. Arsenal four, Ch- Palace one. Palace showed their that relegation form, but Arsenal played really really well, um, at least in the first half. Burnley nil, Manchester United one. Martial, super goal, super super goal. Martial's been scoring some really good goals lately, man. Martial is the is, the, is might be the next truth, man. Everton one, West Brom one. Didn't watch it. All right, Leicester two, Watford nil. When is someone gonna buy Riyad Mahrez? Yeah, yeah. There, uh, it's time for me to make my uh, weekly football three six five comment. But there's a really good piece about how Riyad, if Riyad Mahrez had an agent like Raiola. Myers would be at Real Madrid by now, and like I think a lot of Riyad Myers is more upon how 
inefficient his agent is than how good we admire it is because that guy's literally... his agent is family correct or uh, something like family yeah mars is his agent's biggest mars is the agent's biggest client right and the fact okay. that we cannot name his agent says a lot about how notorious his agent is i mean if i can't, yeah. if I can't name your agent then there's a reason why you're not being shopped to real madrid you know well, I mean that he was bought from Leicester for five hundred thousand pounds, so yeah. it's not like he had the greatest agent to start with. Like he, Leicester made him into the player that he is now. Um, well, he so. made himself working hard. Well, um, I, I mean that like his his time at Leicester is what produced this. So it's not like he would have had a great agent coming out of Love. Stoke two Huddersfield nil. Paul Lambert's first game in charge of Stoke. Well done, well done. But will he keep them up? I don't know, cause he's he's no Big Sam. Big Sam has perfected that art. Uh, I think he will. I think Huddersfield. I think the the promoted teams are in trouble now. I think Huddersfield, Brighton, and yeah, they're starting uh, to slip, aren't they? Newcastle are beginning to slip up. West Ham one, Bournemouth one. Didn't West Ham will survive. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Manchester City three, Newcastle one. Newcastle were not interested in really doing anything, so. Newcastle in particularly bad straits because of it seems Their as if takeover the is dead. takeover is dead in the war. It looks like Ashley is unwilling to sell or not happy with the bid that was proposed. So I believe the first bid was for four hundred million. Uh didn't go through. I think there was another bid for three hundred million and then Ashley would three hundred million, but then later on and then Ashley would pay for some of the transfers in January and then be compensated later on. And I think the last bid was 350 million. And then there was some sort of deal about whether or not who would be paying for the January transfers and what uh, securities would be given to Rafa Benitez. Uh, if you talk to many Newcastle fans right now, they're p- pinning the blame squarely on Mike Ashley. Um, they are very, very worried that Rafa Benitez will walk away from the Newcastle post at the end of the season, which. Rafa Benitez has every right to do. You know, the guy's won the Champions League and he did a whole season in the Championship and he didn't have to. He can very easily go, I don't want to do this anymore. This is ridiculous. Obviously, in the Sunday's fixture, Southampton drew 1-1 with Tottenham. Any conclusions there? Look, Harry Kane, I will say he's got the goals, good goal scoring. And just since for, 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 for Tottenham, the top four battle is going to be very, very close because it doesn't look like as if Tottenham, Liverpool or Arsenal are going to go five, six games, like, straight wins. So it just looks like if these teams are going to keep on losing, drawing, drawing, winning, losing, so... I, f- I feel like on the last day of the season, like, I-, I think Chelsea will be a bit ahead, but I definitely think, you know, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Tottenham, like, there'll be somewhere, like, if this team draws and that team wins, like, there'll be a bunch of combinations of, of what could happen depending on results. So I think that's probably the only interesting thing left. Maybe relegation as well, but title's done. So just up four and who gets relegated, really? Was it was it was that the last game, or other than the Liverpool Swansea one? That was the last game, other than Liverpool Swansea. So now we're done. Uh, are we, do we have any questions left? We do not. Thank everybody for their questions. Uh, the tweet goes out every Monday morning. So if you want to be involved in the in the podcast process, hit us up, and and we'll do our best to answer your questions or or your topics. What segment do we want to do? You want to do recommended reads? You want to do heroes and villains? Uh, I only have one recommended read, which is from Miguel Delaney on what he is purporting to be the inside story of the Alexis Sanchez to Manchester United transfer. So yeah, I recommend you check that one out. But oh, no, 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 I no, remember you said you, you, you'd mentioned meeting the prince who has a bald patch in the recommended 
reading. Yes, so. yes. I met Prince William and Rio Ferdinand a fortnight ago as part of uh, my work as a mental health campaigner and ambassador. So um, I was one of eight gentlemen, including Rio Ferdinand, who got to spend some time with Prince William to talk about what we call the best man project, which is about how men should open up more and be supportive of each other. So I recommend you check that out. The video is on the calm zone or calm, the campaign against living miserably. And I recommend you check that out. Is, is this on, is this on, on YouTube, on YouTube? Can I watch this on, on YouTube? YouTube as well? Yep. This is another, and uh, another video will be going live soon with me and friend of the podcast, Kevin Byrne as well. I, I'm going to plug a recommended read that will go out possibly tomorrow or on Wednesday, uh, which is just essentially my take on the Alexis Sanchez transfer. I'm going to, once I, once I finish recording this podcast, I'm going to go write a thousand words about what I think of the Alexis Sanchez transfer. And that will be up on Republic of Mancunia shortly. So hopefully you can check that out by the time you listen to this. Cool. Wonderful. Um, And uh, and, uh, I definitely want to, because I'm not one of those guys that likes opening up about anything, you know. Um, I'm very old school, 80s, you know. Like, if you have issues, I just say, and you just deal with it that way. Um, but moving on swiftly. No, 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 no. Move on, move on, move on, move on, move on, move on, move on. And yes, it's well, it makes the podcast. Don't cut that out. Dan, don't censor me. Any new additions to Rick Academy? Not recently. I mean, to be honest, I've actually been doing more with the rankings. So I can give you a brief thing on the rankings. Basically, the rankings, are, I do this by tier. So tier one, tier two, tier three. So tier one are literally the most... Class A, class B, class C. No, no, no. These are rankings. Brick Academy is the worst. Rankings are the best. There's more movement in the rankings. Brick Academy, they're still the same old bricks. Well, so very, very briefly for the, for the rankings. For instance, tier one, we've got Neymar, Digestive Biscuits, Umtiti, Hazard, Messi, De Gea, the Polish Nuke, um, De, De, De Bruyne, Modric, Marcelo, because I'm biased, Kellini, Neuer. Tier 2, Mbappe, Muller. That's why I said 7, because even you admit that you're biased. <laughs> but anyway, okay. go ahead. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, tier, tier 2, Mbappe, the racist cannibal Suarez, Muller, Tony Cruz, Aspilicueta, Aguero, Hurricane, Matumos, Iniesta, Denny Cabal. Those are just the first few. Tier 3, James Rodriguez, Ozil, Fernandinho, Ter Stegen. Robin is only here based off form. Based off form, because he's actually really tier one. But he's only here based off form because but really he's really tier one or tier zero. Ericsson, Cavani, <laughs> tier zero, tier zero. Um jo- Joshua Kimmich, Fosberg, and um Rabio. Those are tier tier three. So there you go. That's half hope updates. Uh <laughs> visit halfhopefootballhead.com. Very interesting place. Heroes of Villains of the Week. My villain. It's got to be Chelsea's board, man. <laughs> like, y'all, you know the stress of, like, waking up every day and seeing Ashley Barnes linked with your club. Like, we had Drogba. We had Crespo, Shevchenko. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't put Shevchenko in there. <laughs> when, when he was bought, he was Yes, like, yes, when he was great. bought. Yeah, when and, he was bought. And I give him credit for the Tottenham goal. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing goal. That was an amazing even, goal. Even even Torres, like at least we're, at least the, when we were linked with Torres, I was like, oh, we're getting Fernando, fifty million. I mean, all right, but he obviously it didn't work out like we he missed an open goal. He missed an open goal. 
But the excitement of being linked with a player like that was fantastic. Fast forwards, that was 2011, six years, seven years, and I'm waking up to see Ashley Barnes, Peter Crouch. This game don't love you, bro. <laughs> Andy Carroll. This game don't love you, bro. Andy Carroll has a four-month ankle injury. Why are we linked with you? <laughs> this game don't love you, bro. Chelsea Sport is the villain. Hero, I'm going to go with Memphis Depay, I think. It's a great goal. <laughs> Top corner. I mean, people are having questions about Ariola and goal for PSG. <laughs> wait, sorry, sorry. Can I just say one thing? Okay, let us see. I think this was a bit like last year or something. I think when, like... Danny T, when Danny T learned that um, Chelsea were linked to Laurenti, you, you, you put out a tweet saying that you were going to block Chelsea. I'm thinking that. Why would the Chelsea Twitter account care that some dude called Daniel T look blocks them? <laughs> Why is that funny to you? Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, I just found that funny, man. I just found that funny. Oh, God, that's so funny. But yeah, here of the week, I'm going to Memphis Depay. Was it the 94th minute? He scored that goal. Like, yep. great goal. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, it was, it was If you guys game. have any heroes and villains of the week, you guys can you guys can shout them out now. My villain of the week is Emery, because I, I don't think the guy actually knows what the hell he's, he's doing. My hero of the week is Cristiano. Say it again. My hero... Of the week is Cristiano Ronaldo. One more time for the people in the back. My hero of the week is Cristiano, his Portuguese name, whatever it's called, Ronaldo. Lovely. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Carl, whoa, whoa, pause, 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 pause. How, I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. How did Emery survive 6-1? It dawned on me yesterday, like I was talking with some friends. They lost 6-1. <laughs> to Barcelona, six one when they what, they were up three nil or four nil after the first leg, they lost six one, and then Monaco won league uh and wait, he's wait. still in employment. S- look, someone said that in the someone put it out in the eighty eighth minute, Barcelona. I think it was the score was three one. <laughs> in the ninety fifth minute, it was six one. <laughs> the miracle at Camp Nou is a blemish that will. Stain Emery for like literally that undoes everything he's won for Sevilla. So it's like I don't know how he survived. Like he lost, he lost the league too. How do you have a job? I don't know. I was I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, Real are winning. Real are winning. Real are beating PSG. They lost six so. one and the, uh, <laughs> and he still has a job. Our PSG in Brick Academy still hope. <laughs> that's that's a very good point. That's a very Put good point. All- Thank you for reminding me because when I when I did my new <laughs> websites, I didn't really carry in all the stuff from my old websites. Sorry, thank you for reminding me. PSG's wait, badge wait. Will, will remain in the Brick Academy until they win the, the Champions League. So Hang on, hang on. If I remember correctly, you put them in there and then you said it was undone by the Neymar deal. No, sorry, no. Because Denise just, <laughs> no, because Denise just reminded me of the miracle at Camp Nou. So, no, sorry. Thank you. They're, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, right. they're, they're going back to the Brick okay, Academy. Carl, Thanks go, for that, anyway. I'm just, I just, I'm very confused about this whole PSG thing. Well, go ahead, Carl. If do you have anything, uh, I have no heroes or villains this week. I'm sorry, I've been very busy this weekend. Mm, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, this is the Talking Tentative Podcast. We do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter. Leave those iTunes reviews. Follow us on SoundCloud if you would. 
I'm at Daniel to look. Carl is at Anchorman six one six. Half Hope is at Half Hope Hut, and he's oh, also doing the Half Hope Hut. Why are you Anchorman six one six? Like just just him. We've had Carl this discussion Anchor. thousands of times at this point. Man, it's like guys. I mean, just 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 call yourself Anchorman. There's a whole number. Th- doesn't make any sense, man. Well, now I'm verified. I can change it. We'll see. Oh no! So please verify me. No. <laughs> No, no, two things before we leave. Verify me, and I need people to respect rats and snakes, okay? <laughs> we, we live in this planet to, to, together. Do not demean other animals. That's called specious. Specious? Is that a yeah, thing? No, no, no. I learned, I, species. There's, there's that Whoopi we'll, we'll Goldberg film about um, things. I, that's where I learned the word from. Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football, not soccer. Hey, yo, stay black, stay black, stay black. Also, shout out to Greg for being on the podcast last week. Give me a job. Give me a job. Give me a job. Pitch to him right now. Oh, seriously? Okay, I will actually. Give me his email. Thank you. 70 grand a year, at least. Sports Social Podcast Network.